This is Noah and John from Urban Digs, and we are talking Manhattan. And today I got Ravi Kantha and Matt Lesser. How you doing? Did I get that correct? You got it correct. I'm waiting for someone to say I did something wrong. Okay. (laughs) From Leslie Garfield. Uh, We are at this gorgeous listing I got at 313 West 4th Street, townhouse, asking just under 20 million. Correct. And we're sitting in the kitchen right now. It's absolutely gorgeous. I got the picture up on Urban Digs of the actual location of where we are now. Great setting. And we're here to talk about the townhouse market. So um, I'm going to go right into it. Uh, The viewers of this show are looking about what's going on in Manhattan real estate in real time. What's going on? Tell me about the townhouse market. Well, I think you know. I think it's it's sort of like anything else in New York City, right? We've we've sort of slogged through twelve to eighteen months of a downturn in the real estate market, and it's been interesting to see buyers are starting to reemerge, right? Since January, I mean, we saw it at the end of last year. Showing volume started to trickle north. You know, we saw more more people showing up, people having you know scheduling second showings, considering putting in offers, whereas before that. You know, people might come back, but it's, you know, there's a month between showings and offers where it was like pulling teeth, you know, to get people to actually submit offers, even if at lower numbers, you know, even if they thought something was overpriced, they hesitated to pull the trigger. And I think that's, that's sort of the story of the New York City real estate market in general, Uh, specifically with townhouses, it was no different, you know, for years since the last, you know, since 08, we saw, you know, appreciation pretty much across the board. Right. And at a certain point, people start saying, you know what, like, this house is not worth 10% more than what sold eight months ago. Right. You know, and that pulling teeth market, was that 2018 and 2017? 2016? Like what years would you say comprise that? You know, in an election year, right, call it the end of 2016, there started to be some hesitancy. 2017, uh, the first half of 2017, our numbers were, were quite strong. Mm-hmm. Uh, the back end of 2017, we started to see this shift in buyer urgency. Mm-hmm. Right. There was never that pulse that, oh, I need to buy. We're going to have multiple bids. I need to make a bid quickly. Mm-hmm. Now, or call it, you know, our back end of 2018 or the majority of 2018, there was that lack of urgency and the wait and see approach. Uh, I'll look at something. It's beautiful. It's great. I'd love to own it, but I'm going to go shop every other thing on the market right. and then see what, you know, what I can buy or I'm going to wait because I think it's going to be available. Right. Um, as Ravi was mentioning, the beginning of this year, all of January, have been much more active showing our property. Bids are coming in, not necessarily at, at levels where we're going to transact immediately, but we're starting to see engagement. Uh, and, and it's our job, obviously, to create that dialogue and start the conversation mm-hmm. uh, and where we can transact. Right. And one of the questions I had is, I mean, the, the townhouse market's a very rarefied market here in the city. Can you tell me what kind of what kind of numbers you're looking for when you talk about traction or people coming to a showings? I mean, what what's the market size for townhouses in general compared to the rest of the market? I'm- I think it's a good question, especially because it's one that we encounter so often from sellers. You know, what what's good activity, right? Because you you could sit there as a broker and you could say, you know, we've had good activity, and and oftentimes a seller who hasn't had an offer, they might be frustrated and ask you, right. well, what, you know, define that to me. Right. And it, it's very price point dependent, and I think neighborhood as well. You know, every like townhouses, just like anything else, you know, mm-hmm. condos, co-ops, you compare them by neighborhood, by width, by square footage. Yeah. Everything is, you know, there's a lot of sub-markets within that. And I think, you know, for me, I'd say if, if we have something priced, you know, for example, at $10 million, if we're showing that property one to two times a week, 
that's pretty strong activity, you know, depending on, you know, other circumstances, but that's, that's pretty good activity to have yeah. multiple $10 million buy one or two of them showing up right. every week would be great. So it's not like a condo day. open house where you walk in, there's like a show sheet, there's already 20 names on there on, on any given Sunday. It's not a million dollar listing. Right. We're not, this is not like, <laughs> look, our, our average size deal is probably 6 million bucks. Right. Um, the, Luxury to Uber luxury market, call it, you know, north of 10 to 20 million bucks. You know, that buyer uh, is out there, no question, and there's plenty of them, uh, but they're not coming, you know, once, twice a week. Mm -hmm. uh, and again, as Robbie mentioned, it is uh, very neighborhood dependent. Yeah. You know, we're sitting in the West Village. You're not buying a, a, a good property in the West Village for less than seven or eight million bucks, and that likely needs a gut renovation. Mm -hmm. um, and that buyer is is absolutely out there. The West Village has probably been the the uh, the hottest market, the most uh, demand mm -hmm. uh, comparative to others. Mm -hmm. But it's also a much more expensive market. Right. How how is the? I mean, I know with co-op and condos, um, which is what we pretty much exclusively focus on, um, the high end sectors were getting hit kind of disproportionately to the low end sectors. I mean, they always got hit differently, but this this cycle, it seemed like the high end got severely hit. Um, do you see that in your strata of the townhouse world? Like, for example, so those, those 15, 20, 30 million dollar places plus, could you tell what that sector is down versus, say, the 6 million to 10 million sector? Is there a difference or not really? There is a difference. I think, our, uh, I think it, it deals more with transaction volume mm -hmm. versus percentage off from peak average sales price or okay. price per foot. Um, again, inventory is much smaller than your... Uh, very expensive condominium or co-op market, right. right? There has been a substantial amount of development and product available in that 15, 20, 30 million dollar space in the condo market. The townhouse market is a luxury good. Uh, there's no more development of these townhouses for the most part. Uh, and, and it deals more with are people buying or are they not buying versus are they paying X? versus why. Right. I think price point really comes into play there, right? Because you know, if you talk about the 60, 70, 80 million dollar sale, there's just not enough of them. Even in a, yeah. in a booming they're market, right? They're, they're yeah. outliers. They're yeah. always outliers. Yeah. To really understand how that market is doing, you have to be working in it and you yeah. have to have boots on the ground. You know whether you're getting offers or not. Mm -hmm. And if those offers that maybe two years ago for a $50 million property, maybe they were $50 million, today are 35. Right? And we'll see some of those transactions, but very often that mark, you know, that data is very cryptic because it's just not out there. Yeah. Yeah, I'm very curious because you're talking. I mean, the townhouses in themselves. I mean, to <clears throat> us dealing with co-ops and condos, townhouses are themselves sort of an outlier because there's so few. But I'm just curious if you're operating in the outlier market, do you look at what's happening in sort of the the broader base market to kind of get a, a feel for what's coming down the pike, or is if this has its own rules? Well? No, it doesn't have its own rules. Like if people are spending money, they're spending money, and our buyers who are looking at a thirty million dollar penthouse looking at $30 million townhouses? Probably not, but they do come across at the same, you know, the same channel. Mm -hmm. And I think that if there are people shopping and spending money, mm -hmm. uh, it's good for our market, mm -hmm. i.e. Right. you see a $238 million transaction, granted that was signed a, a while back. Mm -hmm. It's really nice to see for the New York market that someone's spending that amount of money in our space. Yeah, I'm looking at um, townhouse supply here over 10 million. It's at 159 throughout Manhattan. 
159. I mean, it's pretty much stable. I mean, if I look at it, it's pretty flat line, right? In 2017, it, it got to 150, and it's just pretty much, I mean, it's bounced a little bit here. It went really down. That looks like seasonality mm -hmm. right around there. Around and, August, right? It's yeah, I mean, we have the yes. season, and everything comes on the market now, right? It comes off the market then. Um, what about the, the widths? I mean, um, I know, John, you want to talk about this. Um, are you seeing more demand in the in the 20-footers, the 25-footers? I mean, does it make a difference? I'm is just there... curious what the cutoff is. At what point did the value start skyrocketing because that width is just rare? Yeah. I think in the city, you know, Manhattan, 20 feet of frontage has sort of been a standard that most people want to hit when they're shopping for a house and they're spending a significant amount of money, which now everybody is. Yeah. It doesn't mean that something that's below 20 feet doesn't sell or it takes, it takes significantly longer, but you know, throughout Manhattan, you know, 25 is sort of the gold standard, you know, to get to sort of a mansion status. Um, but they're really hard to come by. You know, you see, you see some of them. You see a good number in Greenwich Village between Fifth mm -hmm. and Sixth Avenue, Upper East Side, you know, Fifth Madison, Madison Park. You'll see them, but they're not as common. So 20 feet is what most people look for. Right. As you shift into, you know, and we've seen a number of buyers shifting from Manhattan into Brooklyn Heights and Cobble right. Hill for almost that very reason, because they're not getting what they were looking for. You know, if they set out, <clears throat> for example, with a seven or $8 million budget in the West Village, they spend a year, two years looking at the product and realizing, wow, everything that's got 20 feet of frontage, uh, I need to gut renovate, and that pushes me out of my budget, or I'm buying a 3,000 square foot space, and it's just not what I want to live in. So we end up seeing them go to Brooklyn. Very often when they shift, to one of those neighborhoods, though, that, that 20 foot requirement shifts to 25 because there's more of those in Brooklyn Heights and Cabo. You see a lot more of the wider product there. What, what about Upper Manhattan? Um, I know Strivers Row, that kind of area over there. Do you, think, do you do a lot of business up in that area? or we, you know, Our firm has started pushing up there. Uh, we have a broker, Stanley Montfort, who's, who's really pushed us north, I'd say, in the last, you know, in the last year or so. We've scooped up. Eight, ten listings. Yeah, great. That's a good deals, market share. Really, Any really differences pushing. up there, or pretty much the same thing as it runs the same line. And <laughs> you're seeing, you are seeing a lot of 25 footers. Convent Avenue has yeah. has a lot. Mm -hmm. um, I think what's also somewhat of a misconception is width is is very important. Width is always the the focal point of a buyer's right. You know, right. checklist. That's like the minimum requirement, right? But yeah. you know, depth is also uh, of great value. You know, shorter depths create kind of screwy floor plates, especially if someone's putting in uh, an elevator. A staircase takes up a, a massive amount of space. We've sold 15 and 16 foot wide houses, which on the surface, no one wants to look at, mm -hmm. but they're built 60 feet deep, 65 feet deep. That gives you great room proportions. So your right. bedrooms are, you know, 14 and a half, 15 wide, but they're 18 to 20 feet deep. So you're getting really nice sized rooms. And I think that's what you said was happening in this townhouse is yeah. when the, the, the developer bought it, from the owner, they, they pushed it back, they expanded the envelope, and it's really made a huge difference. Correct. Up and Correct. Hey, uh, what about renovating one of these things? I mean, give me give me a ballpark here. I mean, you guys have more experience than I do here, and people watching want to know. Let's let's say I have a, a wreck, but it doesn't need to get reconfigured and pushed back, right? But I got to reconfigure this whole thing. Yeah. I get renovated. And I need a curb cut. <laughs> Good luck there. Pay a few um, extra million for that. Give, yeah. give it just a general idea of what to expect. Generalities. I think it can range drastically, right? So most, most architects, as a pure baseline, without any information about what you want, the property, they'll say four to 600 a foot is your baseline. Mm -hmm. We find it trends north most times. Most buyers do not spend 400 or $500 a foot. That's also hard cost. Right? Yeah, it doesn't right. account for your carry. It doesn't account for soft cost in terms of the, you know, what you're doing during the renovation and all right. the other transaction costs that come with it. 
But I think, you know, we've seen people spend a thousand foot. We've seen people spend more than that. Mm -hmm. And we've seen, you know, people who stay within those original ballpark parameters. It, it really ranges based on what you're looking for in the property, who you're, you know, who you're using as a contractor, your architect, of course. the materials. The materials, yeah. It's, it's unlike a condo in some respects. I mean, those right. costs can vary for a condo, but the challenges of building in a townhouse, I think, are so unique. Right, you're building very likely in something that's 150 years old right. between two other 150 year old structures. Right. So the challenge is as you pull apart the walls and open up and see what's in there, right. you never really know what's in there. And people say that, but yeah. it's actually true. Well, this is why we're doing this is so that people can hear these kind of things up front and go in prepared. Um, what about timing, uh, timing wise? I mean, let's say, yeah. Sure, depends the district. If you're in a historic district, you know, the planning and yeah. the landmarks approval process is six months to a year. Right. You cannot just, do just for the landmark process. You cannot touch the building until you have that approval. Right. And can you start that approval process before you own it? Because I know in a condo or co-op, you can't really start anything until you own it. I'm just curious how the, that. The answer is yes, but you have to get approval from the current owner. Gotcha. Uh, and we deal with that. Right. That's right. part of a negotiation when you're trying to sell an asset. If you can, you know, increase this guy's offer by X because you're allowing him to go get sign off on plans, he doesn't carry have to carry the building for. That period of time, six months plus. Right. The house that we're sitting in, we delivered with landmarks and Department of Buildings approvals. Right. Saved the purchaser almost a year of carry. Wow. So he That's was shovel time. ready. Yeah. Um, but that process can take six months to a year, and construction is 14 to 16 months. Interesting. Uh, you know, I'm looking at days on market for townhouses now. I'm just curious because I don't check this sector. 171. Listing agreements usually 180 days, but that's co op condos. Are townhouse listing agreements any different for timeline? Don't give away our secret. <laughs> I guess you don't want to answer that question. No, 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 happy to answer it. I mean, uh, days on market is absolutely increasing. Right. But what's really important is pricing. Uh, right. Obviously, the tighter you are to what you expect yep. it to trade, the shorter window it will be. Right. Uh, we've had houses, sadly, on the market for over a year. Right. Uh, but is your agreement with the seller still six months? Or is it is that like the standard in the townhouse world? Or We're typically they... getting a year. Okay, gotcha. So um, there is a difference. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, we'll push it. Push I would expect that. there to be a difference. I would expect it to be longer because it's just yeah. the nature of the beast is fewer far, fewer buyers far between. So. Yeah, it takes longer to... It just, yeah. Look, I mean, the days on market is 90 for co-ops and condos. It's 170. Yeah, I mean, right. the data tells you right there. But Yeah, no, I think there's challenges, no, no question. And that's something that we have to address when we discuss with the seller what, right. what's, what to expect when listing a property. That's something that will come up and having numbers like this is helpful to illustrate the reality. Yeah, absolutely. I just think for townhouses, it's, it's finding that perfect buyer, right? And, and it doesn't necessarily... Without, I, exactly. But I mean, like with co-ops and condos, I mean, the first four weeks, you pretty much get a good idea. But with a townhouse, I mean, that perfect buyer, they may not be even available in the buyer pool until month four, month five, month six. So you just don't know. But this has been great. Any final uh, questions you got for these guys? No, all good. Any any final thoughts you guys want to add? We appreciate you having us. Oh, this yeah, has been great. You, Matt, Robbie, uh, thank you so happy. much. Uh, Leslie Garfield, we're at 313 West 4th Street. You got to check it out if you have any buyers. Noah and John from River Digs, we're talking Manhattan, and we'll see you next time. Thanks, guys. Thank, thank you. you.